Hey baddies, y'all mind if I do an episode? I really want to talk about something that I have no expertise, nor knowledge, nor understanding of, and that is tarot. I <laughs> So when I ended the podcast, we were kind of starting this tarot journey, right? Where we're going to go like week by week and do each card, and then obviously life just got too much for me, and I didn't have any more to give, so I stopped the podcast there. But I have continued learning about tarot as a function through work that I've been doing, but also because I'm writing this book. And even though the, oh, I'm writing a book. Hi, I don't know if people know that, but I think I've mentioned it in passing and like later episodes, like towards the end of the podcast, <laughs> into the podcast as I'm recording the second episode since I ended it this summer. Um, <laughs> and I mentioned it in the Facebook group. And if you follow me on YouTube or on Instagram, you know that I'm writing a book for sure. I mean, maybe not for sure, but I've mentioned it a lot more there. Uh, but yeah, I'm writing a book and it's not a, I have a lot of ideas for a lot of different books I would like to do after I get this first one like out of the gate. And I would like to do something more focused on witchcraft, which is like the realm that we dwell in, something fun like that. But I would, I wanted to at least in this book, which is not about that, it's about influencers and the world that I work in uh, and <laughs> survive in, um, I wanted to still have aspects aspects that's a weird word I still want to have aspects of that in a character so I have written one of the characters to be you know like a baddie like she's one of us and I have references of her using tarot cards because I do find them more familiar and like general like vernacular of the world people know tarot cards before they know oracle cards I have her character like present should I not am I giving away the plot that's fine <laughs> It's fine. You'll all get a copy. It'll be fine. You'll be like, I remember when she talked about this. But I have her character kind of using tarot cards in one scene in the book as tools to move the plot along. And so I had to get myself well versed in the, the specific cards that relate to the characters. And so it really put me in this headspace of like, I've been thinking about tarot constantly for the past week and a half, trying to pick out the right cards for everybody trying to make sure that I can describe them correctly in the text, like what they actually look like the text. <laughs> like it's a scripture or a scroll or something, like a Dead Sea scroll. But that I'm, like one of the cards I used is uh, Nine of Pentacles. And I wanted to make sure that I could not have to say, and your card was a Nine of Pentacles, but like describe a woman in a vineyard with the grapes and the disc and the stars or pinnacles carved in and the bird. You know what I mean? If that's a card you're familiar with, I don't know where everyone else is with their tarot journey, but look it up or I'll post it in the group when I post this. But yeah, so aside from like work where I've been having to do stuff for tarot like every week and learning it incrementally that way, I have become obsessed with it in the past two weeks because of this section of the book. And I just can't stop thinking about it. And I I, <laughs> I feel like Tarot's been the angel on my shoulder. I don't know if angel's the right word. The bird. I'll just keep talking about birds, I guess. The bird on my shoulder for most of my life because I've always been drawn to it. I have bought numerous Tarot decks, but then I always would pick up the book and be like, I cannot do this. I don't. It's so overwhelming. I don't understand. There's so many cards. I have to learn the upright version or meaning I have to learn the reverse. I have to learn what each card is. And, you know, when I'm looking at the major arcana, I'm like strength. Okay, I think I can figure that out. <laughs> when I look at uh, temperance, when I look at justice, I'm like, cool, I think we got this. But then when you get into numbers, which I'm the most math dumb person on earth, 
and you get into swords and pentacles and cups and wands. I'm just like, I don't have to memorize all this and it's so overwhelming. So I've always had this kind of like spirit of wanting to learn tarot, but I've always been too lazy, one, and have been too overwhelmed. And I am like a gifted kid through and through. So when I don't get something immediately and perfectly, I just give up on it. I'm like, this is too hard. This is, no, I'm not meant to do this. It's too hard. But it, it truly has become like, it's gone from something that is almost like stalking me through life. And I, I feel like it's something I really want to do, but I just don't have the tools to do it to like, okay, learning it in little bite-sized pieces, which has become much more manageable for someone like me to all consuming obsession. And that's where I am now with writing this part of the book. Um, so yeah, I really just wanted to come on and talk about tarot, uh, not as an expert, as a novice, not to teach you anything, but just kind of talk about the experience and the cards that I'm into and how I'm finding things. And this is one of the things, one of the episodes where like, I wish we could do this as a live somehow or like YouTube or Facebook live, not Facebook live. I hate Facebook. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the Facebook group. But I just like hate Facebook, the entity and the billionaires behind it. Uh, but that's a political rant for another day. But I wish we kind of could talk about this person to person, screen to screen, phone to phone, because I want to hear about everyone else's tarot journey and where you are. And like, if you're finding the same things I am, I do have, so I posted in the Facebook group about just asking people's favorite tarot cards because it was a little research for the book. But um, I'm going to read that today on the podcast just because I find it so interesting who connects with what card and why. So I won't share anyone's name, but I'll just share the, what they wrote because I thought it was very, very interesting. And I'll just talk, kind of talk about the cards I'm really into and um, the unexpected cards that I'm really into, <laughs> which I will uh, start with. Oh, real quick. Happy Leo season. Um, I hate it. I hate Leo season so much. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on because I love Leos. I love them. I love everything about Leo. I love that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are back together and they're both Leos. It's so chaotic. It's so messy. This is like the celebrity drama I need to get me through this part of the summer. But I just hate Leo season. It doesn't... It, it could be that as an individual, I... Love, I I love Leos. I love that they're confident. I love that they're brave. I love that they're ferocious. I love that they gravitate toward the spotlight. I love that they deserve the spotlight they gravitate towards. I love that they're stars. I love that they're friendly and kind and warm-hearted and good-hearted and good-natured. I, I adore them. But I think because I'm a Pisces and it's Leo season, we're just bumping heads. <laughs> it just doesn't feel good. So I personally love Leos. So this is no like mess. I'm talking about any of you out there that are Leo, son, Leo sons, but as a, but spiritually as a Pisces, it's just, it's not a good fit for me. Um, cancer season almost annihilated me. I was sleepy every single second of every single day. And I don't know if I was feeling it more because I'm a cancer moon, but oh my goodness, I couldn't, I, oh, what? I, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm glad we have another year until that comes back around. Um, Virgo season, I feel like it doesn't ever really have an impact on me either way. I'm not ever really a big fan of the month of September. I feel like it has bad vibes. Uh, <laughs> how can a month have bad vibes? But I feel like if you feel similarly, you know what I'm talking about. And then we'll get to October and we'll get to Libra season, which... And then <laughs> 
no disrespect to Libras. I obviously love Libra women, um, and I will not make comments about anyone else. But then we'll get to October, which is just like good vibes all around anyway, and then we'll get to Scorpio season. I feel like I'll be reinvigorated. Maybe the book will be done by then, fingers crossed. But yeah, Leo season. Whew, I don't like it. It just feels very stagnant. Everything is kind of going wrong enough. This is just me complaining, by the way. This is not like me evaluating Leo from like an astrological standpoint. I'm just literally being a baby. But yeah, everything feels stagnant and like it's going wrong just enough that it's driving me crazy. It's not like a car crash, but it's like your pocket getting caught on the doorknob when you're already angry kind of thing. I just, I don't like it very much, but I hope everyone else is having a wonderful Leo season. Um, that full moon in Aquarius we just had, trash, trash. I did not like that at all. I was depressed. I was miserable. I was up. I had some like weird occurrences. I, meh, meh, for that full moon during Leo season, which is already meh for me. But something I've also found in the past few months, the, the weird thing is I feel like I've been learning a lot more since I like officially into the podcast. Whereas when I was doing the podcast, I was obviously like putting out a lot. And so in this quiet space, since I like officially quote unquote ended it, I feel like I've been learning so much, especially about astrology and tarot, which were always kind of my weaker spots. And <laughs> just wait for the astrology episode. It's coming. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have learned so much more about it. And I realized I don't like the full moon. We don't, we're not copacetic. I always thought that it was something that was very connected and powerful to me because I always menstruated with the full moon. But then in thinking, why would I count that as a good sign? <laughs> like, why would me being bleeding just horrifically and cramps and swelling and splotchy face. Oh, and ugly. Can I, I am so ugly during the full moon, like a full werewolf. Like we're, no, werewolves look better than me. I'm like a step past that. I look so bad during the full moon. The beauty drains out of my face. And I realized that I really don't vibe with the full moon at all. And I think I felt pressure or I kind of, I don't know. I, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but but almost a little bit because we always connect like witchcraft, which is mysticism, magic, the fulfillment of magic, the fertility of magic, like the possibility, the manifestation of it all with the full moon. So I always felt like, oh, I have to love the full moon, right? Because that's all the things that I am and I seek and I strive for. But I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. It makes my depression so bad. I just miserable. It hits me for three or four days like most of us. I am usually bleeding, which sucks. And I just don't feel good about it. So I'm just coming out as like a new moon supporter from now on. Forget everything I've said about the full moon in the past. That is my enemy. <laughs> so I don't like her. She doesn't like me. We're not even frenemies. We're like full on enemies at this point. But I have found that the new moon really does some good stuff for me. And also I feel like within the waxing period, that's where I'm thriving the most. And then in the waning period, there is a real come down for me. And obviously we're in a waning right now. I think, how long ago was the full moon? It was on, I can't remember, Thursday? No, Friday, I believe. And we're on Tuesday. So what, we're at like a waning crescent, waning gibbous right now. So we're around, oh wait. Yeah, because our third quarter moon is on Thursday, the 29th. Anyway, listen to me. Now I, I know how to do, uh, now I know how to like chart the moon and like do all this. Stuff, all the stuff I've learned in the interim, right? Uh, 
so yeah, I just, I feel it. My body feels droopy. My spirit feels droopy. My mind feels droopy. Obviously the pure chaos of this podcast. I can't believe you're still making it through to 11 minutes because who knows what I'm on about. I just, I don't feel so good in the waning part. And it makes sense because it is a decrease. It makes sense because there is a focus on kind of purification through banishment, through protection magic, kind of the shadow self, the darker sides of things. Um, You know, great time for divorce. I'm just putting it out there. (laughs) Haven't given anyone a good dump him lately. So if you just heard that, this is your sign if you've been thinking you need to dump somebody. Um, And tarot cards, perfect time to talk about dumping people, right? (laughs) But yeah, the waning period, it... It is dealing with like the heavier stuff, the darker stuff. And I definitely do feel that. I'm just feeling more in tune with the moon overall. And I, I don't, I don't like it. I just, I really want a new moon to get here. Today the moon is in Pisces though. So maybe I'll start feeling a little better, but like probably not. Anyway, back to tarot. So the way I'm learning tarot is through Biddy Tarot, which is B-I-D-D-Y-T-A-R-O-T.com. It's a website I found when I started doing this job where I'm doing like these tarot aspects every week. And what's with me in the word aspect today? Anyway. And um, so, yeah, I've just kind of been going card by card and doing my best to learn about them. However, I am finding that if a card resonates with me personally, it is so much easier for me to remember as opposed to something that I'm like, "Ah, I don't really care about that. Or like, "Mm, that's not about me personally. So like, it's not important. (laughs) Which says a lot about my personality, if we're being honest. But obviously, uh, I read this on like one of the almost last episodes that I did where I talked about The Fool. And I love that card. I still think, I have some new favorites that I'm going to talk about. But I think The Fool is it for me. It just, it represents everything that I feel like I am, good and bad. <laughs> well, like a prime reverse. We got both there. But it's, and, and maybe like I'll come back in two years and I'll say, oh, I can't believe I ever like resonated with that card. Gross. Like, <laughs> I, that's not the person that I am. I'm obviously like the empress. I'm obviously like the high priest. Like, who knows? But for right now, the fool speaks to me so much. And that's been something so interesting about learning tarot where I don't. I don't feel like it's as intuitive as Oracle because for so long I would hear the name The Fool. Like I knew, obviously you like know names of cards in passing, right? The ones that are, especially like Major Arcane, I feel like you kind of know in passing. But I would hear The Fool and be like, well, I would never want that card because like how insulting. (laughs) Like you're saying I'm foolish. You're saying I'm immature. You're saying I'm naive. You're well, and there is some naivety in the card. You're saying that I'm a clown. You're saying that I'm a, a dumbbell, you know, like all these things that I would never associate myself with. And then when I sat and started to learn about it, it really did. It was me. Like they were talking about me and I like the placement is zero. So it can go like at the front or at the back. I like kind of the, the story and the arch, arc, arch, arc, arc of going through like the major arcana arc. Is it arcana or arcana? We don't have time for this. Going through the major arcana is about kind of the fool's journey. I don't know. I, I, it's a looks are deceiving kind of thing, which I think is interesting because I feel like that also resonates with me because what you see with me is not a lot of what you get. And there's a lot going on internally that a lot of people would never guess. And I know that my personality can come off definitely very like lively and bubbly, but I'll also, you know, cut a bitch. (laughs) Not that I ever seek to do that, but like, you know, I will. 
And so, sorry if anyone has their kids listening in the car. I'm sorry. Uh, they got to learn sometime. But, yeah, I I always thought it was such a bad negative card. Like, to me, when I would hear the full, I would think of it, like, in the same arena as the death card or, like, the tower card. Like, something so nasty and negative. And so, tarot definitely hasn't been intuitive to me. I thought that at some point... Like I said, like strength and justice and temperance, like obviously I can figure those out. But I thought at some point I would see the card and it would automatically make sense to me and I would understand its meaning, but that hasn't happened. It really has become a thing of like memorization. Another example of this is the moon. I thought, <laughs> even though I just dragged the moon for like 10 minutes, I thought that the moon would be like the magician. I thought it would be about power and magic and manifestation and just kind of like this lush peace and calm that comes under moonlight. And really, it's darker than that, uh, which I also, I guess now that I'm saying it out loud, it is kind of intuitive because <laughs> it's like dark. But I, I just had it in my head that it would be about power and manifestation and witchcraft and esoteric things. And really, it's about illusion and fear and anxiety and the subconscious mind and I, I don't know I don't get this like the reading that I've been learning about it but I also feel like it's a lot about willpower and like kind of surrender not in like a hanged man kind of sense but just a re-examining of like how much power you actually have in this world if that makes sense so you know color me shocked when I thought the moon was going to be one of my favorite cards because until recently you know I thought I really loved everything about the full moon and then learning about it, I'm like, oh, if someone pulled the fool for me, I would say, oh, that's amazing. This is a new beginning. This is like, I'm a free spirit and I'm embracing this free spirit. I'm ready for this journey. I'm going to jump. I have faith about this. You know, there's hope. And if thinking someone would pull the full, or pull the full moon, the moon card for me, I would think, oh no, <laughs> this is about my shadow self. This is about my fears and my anxieties and having to deal with them. This is about going through a period where that's going to be very present in my life. So yeah, it is interesting how, and maybe uh, to say intuitive, it's not intuitive I'm finding for me. That doesn't mean it's not intuitive to everyone, but kind of going, but you know, then I look at the sun card and it is about joy and, and brightness and revelation and kind of this brilliance and warmth and happiness and people wanting to be around you because of the worth that you generate. So it, it really, it is intuitive, I guess. It's just, I'm going with perceptions and preconceived notions when I have to think more about um, I guess a more traditional definition of what that symbol is, if that makes sense. Because to me, coming from which world, I'm like, well, the moon is all these powerful, amazing, ma magnificent things. But yeah, I guess it is more intuitive because when I, I'm thinking about cards as I'm saying this, <laughs> when I'm saying like the magician, yeah, obviously manifesting, master manifester, like that makes sense. Or the high priestess, like obviously spiritual in a position of power like in a, a teaching role like being in this this highest kind of archetype of being a spiritual being so yeah I guess it is intuitive <laughs> it's just that the ones that aren't naturally intuitive to me do take a bit more study and I do find myself forgetting those more and I find that the ones that I don't really like I said talk to me personally or I feel like are about me I, th those are the ones I have the hardest time holding on to and sticking on to. For example, what in the major arcana do I not really? Uh, temperance. Well, no, that's a bad example because, again, I can't really forget the meaning of temperance because it's like 
a concept. It's an idea. So I always know what temperance, like I can't forget the meaning of the word, even if I forget the cards, like entire full definition, but maybe the chariot. I, there is a while that I had to keep going. This is actually, yeah. Okay. This is a good example. I had to keep going back to what the chariot meant because I just, it wouldn't stick in my brain. And when I finally understood that there was like a very tangible travel aspect to it, and it could quite literally be like getting in your car and going, going on a train and going, getting on a plane and going. And it was a card that represents travel. I was like, oh, okay. So now again, I can relate. This is just how I'm so self-centered. <laughs> I was like, oh, now I can relate this to me. So now I understand the power of the card and like the willpower of the card and like the outward expression of power as opposed to the strength card, which is like an inner kind of, not necessarily peaceful kind of power, but like a power that you don't have to demonstrate on the outside. You don't have to flex your muscles with the strength card because it, it is more of an inner strength. And it's a strength that's so kind of powerful and conducive that you can impact situations and others with it without them really realizing it. Not necessarily in a manipulative way as I read it, but with the chariot, it is more of a like, yeah, I'm a badass. <laughs> I'm like flexing my muscles and I have the sheer power to do this. But I could not ever remember that until I remembered that there was something about travel in it. And then I was like, oh, I got it. This is so easy. <laughs> or the same with the world. I could never remember what the world meant. And then I, it clicked in my head that it also can represent travel, but like travel internationally, travel in the world, like going out, you know, obviously. And then I could get it to stick in my head Oh, it's about completion. It's about like the cyclical. Hey, it's our keyword. It's, it's our secret word for the episode. But like the cyclical, cycl wow, wow. I just lost all sense of that cyclical nature of completion and coming, you know, starting here and then coming all the way around and being proud of that and celebrating that. But until I got that international travel part in my head, I would always forget what the world meant. I always would think it was like fertility or something like populating the world or like because especially with the cards that I was learning from with like the woman with and she's nude but there's like the ribbon not the ribbon but like the robe draped kind of over her I was like oh this is about like femininity and like childbirth and things like that I don't know where I got that from uh and I was finding myself having a lot of confusion with world and wheel of fortune uh, because they both start with W. <laughs> They're both circular. And, you know, my mind really does process shapes a lot and, and when it comes to meaning and symbolism. And so I, I, I did, once I had that thing about travel to be like the line of delineation between the two, then I could understand that the world means X, Y, Z. And we have what wheel of fortune, which obviously should be like, oh, fortune, karma, you know, like the cycles that return to us of what we put onto the world. Like I should have been able to solve that. Right. But for some reason in my head, they were the same card or had very similar meanings to the point where I would confuse them for a really long time. And to some extent I still do like, I have to, sometimes I'll think of wor the world and I'll think about, like I said, cyclical as in like something still going and turning as opposed to like completion and like the impact of that completion as opposed to Wheel of Fortune, which is like constantly turning. So I do really have to still stop and think about it. This is why I haven't tried to read tarot for anyone else yet, because I barely have a grasp on these concepts. Um, what else from Major Arcana do I really, besides the Fool, um, the Magician, I really like the Magician. I feel aligned with that card. 
I don't know. When I was also like anticipating learning about tarot, I thought the major arcana would like speak to me so much, but I find I'm really enjoying the minor arcana and all the different suites, even the ones that aren't like necessarily the most like happiest uplifting cards. I feel like there's a lot of depth to them. So I still, basically this is my way of saying I really like the sword suite. <laughs> death, destruction, betrayal in some aspects. Um, but yeah, what else? I mean, I, I do like the strength card. I, I really liked the Empress until like two days ago when I found out that her depiction is supposed to be pregnant and is a card about fertility. And I, if you like get into readings, it can denote pregnancy. And I was like, Oh no, 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 I don't, <laughs> I don't even want to draw that in my direction. So I had to give the Empress up. Oh, you know what I want to talk about? I, I'm actually going to read you this card because of all of the ones in the major arcana, I cannot get this to stick in my mind. And then we'll go on to like the, the three no one wants to talk about <laughs> the, where is it? The Hierophant. I do not care how many times I read the definition of this card. It will, I, I cannot tell you what it means. So let's learn it together. Am I even pronouncing it correctly? Who knows? The Hierophant. H-I-E-R-O-P-H-A-N-T. <clears throat> okay, so the keywords are spiritual wisdom, religious beliefs, conformity, tradition, institutions. That's for upright, reversed, personal beliefs, freedom, challenging the, the status quo. Wow. The status quo. <laughs> the status quo sounds like what a murder of crows would call itself. Okay. So this is the description of the card. Even I can't even picture the card. That's how like disconnected I am from it. The Hierophant, oh, wow. The Hierophant, Hierophant is the masculine counterpart, counterpart to the high priestess. He is also known as the Pope or the teacher and other tarot decks and is ruled by Taurus. Okay, interesting. Taurus is also a sign that I feel very disconnected from. Until recently, like as I was going through Taurus um, season, I was doing a lot of reading about that sign and I finally was able to find a way to connect with it, especially in like the sense of like sensuality and really being into pleasure in like a worldly sense, just enjoying fine, <laughs> like me and my 18 designer bags, enjoying, enjoying finer things, enjoying like being pleasure seeking, liking luxury, like enjoying being in your home, but in your home that is like such a haven and, and really represents your, your senses and like your idea of finery kind of. So I have started really getting into Taurus, but for a long time, I just didn't connect to that sign at all. And I think now that I'm saying this out loud, it's the same reason that the Hierophant, <laughs> that's so wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, I couldn't connect because it's masculine and Taurus is masculine. And I just don't tend to connect with masculine things. That's why I don't like the day Tuesday. That's why I don't like the planet of Saturn. <laughs> like, I just hate men. Okay, no, just kidding. For the most part, for the minor part, honestly. Um, but I do, and, and not to say like things have to be inherently masculine or inherently feminine, or there's like a binary or uh, there's not masculine sides to me because there are, but I, I am just so deeply feminine and so deeply connected to my feminine side that I, I naturally am not connected or drawn to things that have a very masculine presence. I never really have been. I do not know any men. <laughs> I wish I didn't, but unfortunately I do. Um, and so yeah, for 
I, I don't, I guess because Taurus is a bull and a bull is a male cow. And the only thing I ever really associated with Taurus before I started to really learn about it was um, stubbornness, which is something I definitely assigned to masculinity, <laughs> for being honest. And so I think that's why there was me just being like, I don't even care about that sign. Like, Taurus is, oh, ew. <laughs> now I really like it. And so maybe I will come around on this card as well. But it, it is all that 10 minute spiel to say it's interesting that it's ruled by Taurus. And these are two things that I kind of rejected based on the fact that I just do not connect to masculine things naturally. Sports don't even get me started. No, I'm just kidding. Sports are for everyone, obviously. And women are dominating like all aspects of it. Go us. Okay, so <laughs> uh, the Hierophant is a religious figure sitting between two pillars of a sacred temple. Through this temple, though this temple differs from the one in which the high priestess sits, he wears three robes, red, blue, and white, and a three-tiered crown, both representing the three worlds over which he rules, the conscious, subconscious, and superconscious. What is the superconscious, you guys? What is that? I don't, I barely have a handle on the conscious. I can't do this. In his left hand, he holds the papal cross, a triple scepter that signifies his religious status. He raises his right hand in a religious blessing with two fingers pointing towards heaven and two towards earth like this. Okay. Before him kneel to followers, the Hierophant's task is to pass down his spiritual wisdom and initiate the two into the church so they can take up their appointed roles. This imagery speaks to a shared group identity and a rite of passage to enter the next level. The crossed keys at the Hierophant's feet represent the balance between the conscious and subconscious minds and the unlocking of mysteries, which only he can teach. This is all based on the Rider Waithe uh, cards. Like the deck I use is the Modern Witch Tarot deck which also I feel like has made tarot a lot easier for me and something I'm easy, I'm able to connect with a lot more because all of the de depictions are uh, at least somewhat feminine in nature, not again to bring up like a gender binary, but uh, different presentations of what femininity and women, womanhood can look like, I think might be a better way to say that. And it's modern, literally, like they look like me, they look like me and the girlies at Coachella or like just going about our modern lives, you know, and there's a lot of inclusion of um, figures of color, I guess I can say women of color, because all of them are again, female presenting. And I, I like that. I like that I can look at a tarot deck and I can see a black woman. I like that I can look at a tarot deck and see a black non-binary person. Like, that's really cool. And it helps me feel like a part of it. It all goes back to the craft, baby. Like, <laughs> I saw Rochelle, things clicked for me. I've never been the same since. Uh, something else I wanted to say about why I think this card just will not stick in my mind is that there is such a heavy religious aspect to it. And being, again, that it's a male figure that I've kind of associated it with. And Taurus. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I personally, I mean, there's a whole episode about religion we can go back to, but definitely within the past year and a half, two years or so. Um, and when I really have started learning about tarot, there has been a very definite break for me from any kind of idea of like westernized patriarchal religion. And so with religion and patriarchy, it kind of feels like it's represented in this card, even though that's not, you know, it's only the case. But then like the name, the Pope, come on, for a, a lapsed Catholic, like it's a little triggering. So I think that's another reason I just can't quite. And when I think about the high priestess, even though it's kind of the same tones and connotations, I do kind of align her more with just like the natural mysticism and spirituality of women and how we bear that and carry that. And it's something intrinsic to us. I think that's what it is. The Hierophant doesn't, I don't know. I don't want to like disparage the tarot card or the position, but I 
guess it makes me feel like more this is something that they learned and was bestowed on them and to the high priestess it's like a natural thing I don't know if that makes sense I don't that probably doesn't make sense it's just my understanding of it but yeah when you think about high priestess and even the term priestess like in Catholicism let's go back to that there's uh no priestess role, obviously, because women aren't allowed to get higher positions than nunhood, essentially. Now there's anything wrong with being a nun. My mom desperately wishes I would become one, <laughs> which, you know, not the worst idea. I don't know how the podcast would go over with that. But, you know, there's no concept of priestess. And when you look at, like, matriarchal religions, or we even just look at, like, the crones of society that were outcasted because of their natural power and ability, but people still, like, sought them out so desperately, and they were the teachers, and they were the saviors, kind of. I... I really do align with that concept of priestess as opposed to this pope, this hierophant, this priest that is more like representative of traditional patrilineal, patrilineal um, westernized, hyper-masculine religion that really subjugates women and all people that aren't in like a specific... Anyway, this is such a long thing to say. I think the religious connotations along with the... You know what it is? Okay, so it's that this card is in a position of power, but I feel like that power was given to them as opposed to a power that they naturally have. No offense to anyone, including those cards. But, you know, it's like popes are elected. Popes are given this power. But I feel like <laughs> this is such a long tangent for no reason. I mean, the reason is me explaining my hesitancy with this card. But I feel like, I guess this it all comes down to a lot of men are bestowed power and a lot of women intrinsically have power. And so that's why with the high priestess, I feel more aligned with her. But with this card, I just can't quite get it together. Okay, so that was Religion Corner. I really hope everyone enjoyed it. Okay, so upright here you fan. The Heriophant card represents an established set of spiritual values and beliefs and is often correlated with religion and other formal doctrines. It's the formality for me. Before you can discover your own belief systems and make your own choices as associated with the next card, the lovers, the Heriophant encourages you to learn the fundamental principles from a trusted source. Work with a teacher, mentor, or guide to teach you about spiritual values and beliefs in a structured way. It's the structure. that It's the formality. It's the structure. It's, it's that it's about religion versus spirituality. I think that's what I'm getting stuck on. Uh... He may be an authority or a kind and generous mentor who nurtures your spiritual awareness and helps you access the divine by understanding the traditions and core principles. You may also undertake a period of formal study as you delve into a subject that has been widely explored and documented. Which, let me say this. There's obviously nothing wrong with doctrine study. There's obviously nothing wrong with being in a formal religion. There's nothing wrong with being in something that's structured. But that's just not what I align with. So you know, disclaimer. <laughs> if you have already mastered a particular field of study, you may be taking on the role of teacher or mentor and mentor to others. In this position, you honor and acknowledge your responsibilities to share your knowledge in a structured way, one that represents the age-old traditions. The Hierophant's arrival suggests you are following convention. Okay. There, therein lies the issue. <laughs> I am so not traditional. I do not believe in following tradition or convention and like being in a group and especially being told what to do. So that's why me and this card are just like oil and water and staying within the bounds of the tried and tested method. No, that's why I'm, I'm the fool. <laughs> Probably all senses. I want to go jump off the cliff. I don't want to do the ways that are safe. 
Um, you are not yet willing to go out on a limb or offer any new or innovative ideas. Instead, you adhere to the key principles and rules that will that you know will lead to a, a successful result. The hierophant may call you to honor family traditions or sacred rituals that sit neglected. Okay, that's cool. I'm all about that. You are being asked to commit to spiritual practice in its most wholesome form. No customization, no adaptation, no bending the rules. Okay, I take that back. I don't like that. <laughs> Babe, you got to make it fit, you know? If you have been lacking ritual and tradition, 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 create a regular practice such as a daily prayer or saying grace before a meal. Consider exploring your spiritual or religious heritage. The Hierophant tarot card often speaks to group membership or being part of an institution. You may enjoy a deep sense of comfort being surrounded by people who have well-established belief systems and explicit values. And people do. Not everyone's me. And that's what I have to keep reminding myself about, which goes back to my whole point of it's hard for me to connect with cards that I don't feel like personally represent me because I am self-centered. <laughs> Let's never forget. I do know what my flaws are. But there is such there is such a comfort in community in, in shared beliefs, in church. Like, I get that. It's just not what works for me, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as it doesn't harm others. Uh, you may enjoy a deep sense of comfort being surrounded by people who have the same established belief system and explicit values. Finding them may be as significant as exploring a new church or religious group or as simple as joining a gym or online tarot community. This card is about identifying with others in a way of thinking that will prompt further learning. And hey, learning is great. The more you learn, the more you know, the more you see, the more you grow. <laughs> I don't know. But what's great about learning is it can bring you back to something that you feel like might not be for you, or it can free you from something that you thought was for you and what isn't. So I'm going to stop giving this card such a hard time. Um, it's just, it's not my favorite. I, I don't know if it ever will be, but I can respect it. And that's what's important. Okay, so let's read the, do you, you want to hear the reverse? Yeah, we're already here. Okay. In its most positive form, the reverse hero fan reminds you that you're your own teacher. You know what it is too? I just, I think this card's a little bit boring because it's just talking about like religion and teaching and traditions. <laughs> and I want to like, again, go jump off the cliff into a new reality and like twirl on my way down, but still important. Um, all the wisdom you see comes from within, not from an external source or power. You are being guided to follow your own path and adapt your own spiritual belief system rather than blindly follow others. Okay. I like the reverse. This, the, now I'm getting it. This is speaking to me. You may feel unsettling. It may feel unsettling at first as you make your own way, but over time you will learn to trust yourself and tap into your inner knowledge. Others may question your motivations to go against tradition, but you know deep within that now is the time. With the reverse hierophant, you no longer need external approval to succeed. You are ready to go it alone and do it your way, even if that means going against convention. Give yourself permission to trust your inner guidance system as you create your own path forward. Wow, I take back everything I've said about this card. I just really like it reversed. <laughs> Did you realize that? The hierophant reverse is also about challenging the status quo. You see alternative ways of viewing the world and are ready to test the very ideas and concepts you were taught were the truth. You no longer accept the rigid structure, tradition, and dogma surrounding you. Instead, you seek out opportunities to rebel and reclaim your personal power. Hell yeah. If you feel restricted or constrained and have lost your sense of freedom and flexibility, now is the time to make your own rules. The reverse hierophant encourages you to examine, quote, the way we do things around here. Hell yeah. Again. And ask yourself whether it aligns with your values. You may have been running on autopi autopilot so far and following the crowd, but now you see that changes need to be made. Taking further, the hierophant reversed is like rebellious teenager who begins 
next question. <laughs> Drag me. Society and take part in anti-institutional activities. There may be a running with authorities or conflict with a parent or authoritative figure. So I have given this card a hard time for nothing. It's just that one meaning did not work with me or align with my beliefs or who I am. And the other one totally did. But that is the duality of the cards. And that's why I find them so interesting and so overwhelming at the same time. But again, when I do look at the full, I'm like, yeah, I'm all those good things, but I'm definitely all those bad things too. That's definitely all about me. Um, okay. You want to talk about death, the tower and the devil a little bit? I don't know if I'm going to talk about all three of them because, you know, we're already at 40 minutes and I haven't even gone into the minor arcana yet. Should I do two episodes? Should I do major arcana today? And do Let's see how far we go. Okay. You know what? Let me talk about, because with the three of those, I am honest. I, to be honest, I, I am kind of still staying away from them in, in the idea that. I understand what they represent, the good and the bad. I understand that the tower is not all all bad. It's not all horrible. It's duality. There's balance like there is with everything. And the same with death. Um, but I'm just staying away from them because, you know, it's just not as fun to learn about the dark side yet. <laughs> like the darknesses that can come. Which I say while I like actively love the sword suite because it's so messy. <laughs> It's, it's real messy boots. I, I really like, because they're basically all dump him cards. And I'm like, yes, this was made for me. But yeah, and I I understand that to, under, to know the deck and to be able to read the deck is to understand the good, the bad, the positive, the dark. And, and it's not all inherently good or all inherently bad. There, there's, there's different sides to everything. That's why the cards are upright and the reverse and they all have different meanings. Um, but I, I also feel like the more I study them, the more I may kind of attract those energies to my life just because there's such an intense focus on them. And so I have been treading lightly with those cards. But let's talk about the tower because I do, I find myself the most intrigued with that one. And I think even when you're talking about the death card or the devil card, like we obviously know them. And again, a vernacular of like societal, <laughs> vernacular of societal, what are you saying? Like we know them in a pop culture kind of sense, right? We've all seen movies where someone's doing a tarot card and, oh no, the death card comes out. And they always have to say, no, 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 it's all right. It doesn't just mean death or it doesn't mean something bad's going to happen necessarily. It has another side. Um... So, like, we definitely know those cards, but I think the tower is the most prolific of those three. Uh, if you say the tower, people automatically just start, like, flailing. Like, just, they are the people falling out of the tower. Like, they, I'm like, oh, I can't take it. Don't even mention the tower card. Like, it's bad juju or something. So, let's deep dive the tower together. Because I think this would be interesting. And there is something, there is, like, some side of my scorpion rising plutonian darkness and rebirth and transformation and death nature that I have as a big part of me that is intrigued by this card like I kind of like it honestly not <laughs> not because I like all those bad things but I like the transformation that comes from them and also I I like the big disruptions I am someone that enjoys 
I, this is from my book. Um, one of the characters is obviously based on me, but I talk about how she and I live in extremes. Like I'm only kind of happy in extremes. I'm very happy or I'm very sad. I'm very up or I'm very down. I'm doing this like very crazy thing or I'm like the most reserved person. I don't really do well just middle, like middling. <laughs> like it's not really for me. I get really bored in that space. So I do find myself searching for either and either. And so I like big shifts. I like big changes, I like big opportunities. And, you know, sometimes I even like big drama or like big catastrophe, like personal catastrophe for me, not like the pandemic, you know, um, like I like that for me because even though it can be so painful and it can hurt, it is, it creates the opportunity for such a big shift. So there is a part of me that is a darker part that is drawn to the tower card because of those things. So anyway, <laughs> is that a weird thing to admit too late? So tower, we've all seen the pictures, honey, lightning and fire and falling and impalement and all those groovy things. Okay. So the keywords for upright, sudden change, upheaval, chaos, revelation, awakening. That's the word for it. I like chaos and I don't like it in a sense of like messiness, I like chaos as in anything can change or happen and it's exciting and it's swirling and it's constantly moving. It's the extremes thing. I, I like, I like the constant motion. I don't like standing still, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> since I like used to travel for a living, that's probably very evident to all of you that know that. Okay. So revelation awakening, which even though I do kind of align, I do kind of feel some kind of connection to the darkness of the card. I also do feel a, a huge part of connection to the lighter side that there is revelation and there is awakening and there is transformation and there is rebirth. I think it's the same reason I, I love my colleague card that yeah, all of those things, all of the cycle, all of it, give me all of it because it all tastes fulfilling in some way. It all, it all kind of fills you up and it all, it all keeps you from being the person you were the day before. And I like that. I like the constant idea of change. Anyway, so reverse, personal transformation, fear of change, averting disaster. Tower description. The tower shows a tall tower. Also, wait, I was about to say something. Okay, listen. So many people do not know my actual name. I'm, I go by Mickey Cecilia, professionally, obviously. Uh, so, so many people do not know my last name. <laughs> As I'm saying all these things about how I'm drawn to the tower card, I am thinking my last name is Hightower. <laughs> Why have I never put that together? Why have I never realized that I'm obsessed with this card? And I, I really feel this connection to it. And my last name is Hightower, H-I-G-H-T-O-W-E-R. So number one, that is a huge thing that I just said that. Like literally, so people, I was in New York a couple weeks ago now and I was with one of my good friends and we went to an event and I gave them my actual legal name as opposed to Mickey Cecilia. And he turned to me and he was like, that's your name? <laughs> There are people that have known me for years that have no idea what my real name is. So that was like a big secret for all of us to share. But my last name is Hightower. So, you know, maybe a little, maybe a little connection there. Anyway, so let's get back to the card. 
The tower shows a tall tower perched on the top of Rocky Mountain. Lightning strikes sets the building alight, and two people leap from the windows, head first and arms outstretched. It is a scene of chaos and destruction. The tower itself is a solid structure, but because it has been built on shaky foundation, whew, what a word, it only takes one bolt of lightning to bring it down. It represents ambitions and goals made on false premises. Oh, maybe I should use this for my book for a character instead. I was actually thinking about using the tower, but then I thought, oh, is that too obvious? I, I can't remember if I said what cards I use for people, but I ended up using a five of swords for this person in the book. But yeah, I don't know. I, I probably will keep that because I like the description I wrote for it, but this definitely fits that character. <clears throat> the lightning represents a sudden surge of energy and insight that leads to a breakthrough or revelation. It enters via the top of the building and knocks off the crown, symbolizing energy flowing down from the universe through the crown chakra. The people are desperate to escape from the, the burning building, not knowing what awaits them as they fall. Around them are 22 flames, representing the 12 signs of the zodiac and 10 points of the tree of life, suggesting that even in times of disaster, there is always divine intervention. Upright Tower when the tower card appears in the tarot reading, expect the unexpected, massive change, upheaval, destruction, and chaos. Remember when I said on a podcast, I think like one of the last ones I did, um, I got this, I got a tarot reading, which I'm still not sure if I feel like it was accurate or not. But for February, I got the tower and that's when my family lost power for four days because of that winter storm we have. And I was like, mm, points, good points, points have been made. <laughs> All right, maybe this one was on. Uh... It may be a divorce, death of a loved one, financial failure, health problems, natural disaster, job loss, or any event that shakes you to your core, affecting your spirit, you spiritually, mentally, and physically. There's no escaping it. Change is here to tear things up, create chaos, and destroy everything in its path. But trust me, it's for your highest good. Just when you think you're safe and comfortable, a tower moment hits and throws you for a loop. Ain't that the damn truth? A lightning bolt of clarity and insight cuts through the lies and illusions you have been telling yourself, and now the truth comes to light. Your worry, your world may come crashing down before you in many ways you could never have imagined as you realize that you have been building your life on unstable foundations, false assumptions, mistruths, illusions, blatant lies, and so on. Everything. I think that's why I like the tower, too. Because uh, as a Pisces sun, I'm ruled by Neptune, which is the planet of illusion. So I'm really into concepts of like illusion and the destruction of illusions and like kind of breaking through them and also delusional behavior. Anyway, that's a personal aside. That's what this whole podcast is. Um, everything you thought to be true has turned on its head. You are now questioning what is real and what is not, what you can rely upon and what you cannot trust. This can be very confusing and disorienting, especially when your core belief systems are challenged. But over time, you will come to see that your original beliefs are built on a false understanding and your new belief systems are more representative of reality. The best way forward is to let this structure self-destruct so you can rebuild and refocus and let's be real. With a card like the tower, you have no choice but to surrender to destruction and chaos no matter how unwanted or painful. Change on this deep level is hard, but you need to trust that life is happening for you, not to you, and this is all for a reason. This destruction will allow new growth to emerge and your soul can evolve. After a tower experience, you will grow stronger, wiser, and more resilient as you develop a new perspective on life you did not even know existed. These moments are necessary for your spiritual growth and enlightenment, and truth and honesty will bring about a positive change, even if you positive <laughs> positive change, even if you experience pain and anxiety throughout the process. Thankfully, the power doesn't always associate with pain and turmoil. 
If you are highly aware to with your inner guidance system, then this tarot card can indicate a spiritual awakening or revelation. You may be able to see the cracks forming and take action before the whole structure comes tumbling down. You may create a massive transformation before you reach the point where change is your only option. In its most positive form, the Tower card is your opportunity to break free from the old ways of thinking that have been holding you back. So it's kind of beautiful and amazing and not about an end, but a beginning. And that's just more of me justifying why I'm so drawn to this card. Okay, so reverse tower. The tower reverse suggests that you are undergoing a significant personal transformation and upheaval. This differs from the experience of the upright tower, where the change is often because of external circumstances and may even feel forced upon you. Instead, with the reverse tower, you are instigating the change and calling into question your fundamental belief systems, systems, values, purpose, and meaning. You may go through a spiritual awakening as you discover a new spiritual path. You may change your beliefs and opinions about important topics, realizing that you can no longer support older models. Or in more dramatic cases, you may go through an existential crisis. <laughs> At me. <laughs> where you seriously question your life's purpose. Wow, that one that one just hit home. While this can be an unsettling time, trust in the process and notice for the best. You are creating change and transformation so you can step into a new and evolved version of yourself. At times, the reverse tower can be a sign that you are resisting change, delaying unnecessary destruction and upheaval. You may be in denial that change is occurring, or you may be clinging to an old belief system, even though you know that no, there are no longer relevant. Wow, let me try that again. Even though you know they are no longer relevant or healthy for you, as much as you don't want to, you need to go through this difficult time to learn a valuable lesson and make progress in your life. And now that and know that if you continue to resist this change, it will only force its way into your life even more. Yeah. <laughs> the growth and transformation that the, the Tower card brings are inevitable. No amount of hiding or denying will make it go away, and it will only get louder with potential greater upheaval. Finally, the reversal of the tower can reduce the impact or of the change about to enter your life, particularly you if you are tuned into your intuition. You may be forewarned or have an intuitive sense that something big is about to happen, and you can plan ahead to avoid or minimize the destruction that lies ahead. So I don't think it's all bad. I obviously am defending it anyway, but I I like that the tower card, like the fire and the lightning and all the flames and light that come from it, are kind of a beacon of warning. As opposed to like annihilation, like there's nothing you can do to escape it. I mean, it kind of is that like it's coming whether you want it to or not. So let's prepare ourselves for it. But I do like that aspect more that it's about having that warning of what's to come and being able to adjust what you're doing in the best way to to survive it. As opposed to just being like, well, everything's going to fall apart. Everyone's going to be gone. You're going to lose all your money. Every, everyone that you love will leave you like that kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. It's just a card that makes me think a lot. And maybe this is again, because that full moon kicks my butt. I'm not liking Leo season. This waning that we're in is pulling me to the dark side. <laughs> I'm feeling very Darth Vader about the whole thing. Um, maybe that's why it is especially resonant with me right now. Whereas, but it's again, it's, it's about how I don't necessarily find tarot intuitive because just looking at the tower card, I was like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to pick it up. I don't want to touch it. Like, <laughs> this is very scary and horrible. And then to sit and learn about it, I'm like, oh, this card is so necessary and it makes so much sense. And it has such a, like, there's so many facets to this card instead of me having seeing this just image of it and kind of having an idea from people talking about it and having this very one note 
idea of what the card is. It's something that is a card that I really like. I know it's, it sounds so weird to say I like the tower, but I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I do. But it's because, again, to match it to my personality, I do like a bit of chaos. I do like a reinvention. I do like extremes. I mean, there was a time in my life, like pandemic, obviously, withstanding where I moved every three years and started my life over again. Like I did it in New York. I did it in LA. Not even a full three years sometimes. I did it in Paris. I did it in New Orleans. Like I would just, once my life got to a point where it was really set, settled, I'm trying to say stable at the same time. When it was really settled and stable, I was like, okay, well, that's enough. We need to disrupt this. I like disruption. I just... I'm just the fool, you know? <laughs> like, there's no other better way to say it. So, I did not think this episode would get to... I thought I was going to do, like, 30 minutes, but... <laughs> have I ever done that unless I've been, like, sick? Uh, so, we didn't get into any more cards that I wanted to talk to in the Major Arcana. We didn't get into uh, the ones I wanted to read that you all submitted when I asked the question in the group. And we haven't gotten to the Minor Arcana at all, except for me just saying that I love swords. And again, looking at me loving Tower and Swords, what does that say about me? But like, I, I really like swords because it speaks to, again, like the Scorpio side of me. I love cups. I love cups. I love the creativity. I love the fulfillment. I love the satisfaction. I love the, like, the pinnacles popped into my mind just now when I was saying that. I was about to say, like, dedication. Um, I love the emotion. I love the intuitiveness to it. I love the intuition to it. I love the sensitivity to it. I love cups. I love, I feel like cups is the most magical suite, uh, honestly. I might be being a bit biased in that, probably. So let me not just be like, yes, I just love the back of cards. <laughs> not true. I love cups. I love, like, the the material and wealth and success part of pentacles i love the nine of pentacles in particular i'm really into that card right now that's why i wrote it into the book because it fits that character so well and you know i, I just like the idea of particular how many times can i say particular i love the idea with that card specifically that it is about oh i'm really on like my woman tip today <laughs> i'm feeling real feminist today but I love that it's about a woman that is succeeding on her own, a woman that is wealthy on her own, a woman that has financial security on her own. Like, hell yeah, that's where I'm trying to get to by writing this book and <laughs> doing this YouTube and doing this Instagram and all the stuff that all these, you know, pots I have in the kitchen. Is that a saying? That's not a saying. All the cooks in the kitchen. My hand and all these pots. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Basically, this is why I am doing all of these different projects because I would like to be that woman in her beautiful robe emerging from her vineyard who has done it on her own. So I, I do love that aspect of Pinnacles. I love, you know, kind of the celebration of your success. I love the embracing of it. I love that it foretells, you know, of the possibilities you have to have independence. And because, you know, a lot of independence comes from financial security, you know, and I was about to start talking about capitalism, but I will not go down that road right now. It's already had an hour. The, I will say with wands, I'm not, again, it's one that I just feel kind of disconnected from because I haven't found a way to relate it to me that well yet. It feels, I don't know, it feels distant. Wands is another one where the entire suite, I just kind of can't keep in my head what it's even representing and about talking about. Um, did I tell, I can't remember if I told y'all what each character is associated with, but it's the fool, it's strength. It's three of cups. Uh, that's for a set of twins. 
it's for uh, they both have three of cups because it's like you know friendship, community, celebration. It really represents them. Trust me. Uh, Nine of Pentacles and then Five of Swords. And so you see, I didn't even put wands into it because I just I don't know. I don't I don't know wands at all yet. And so I'm gonna do some studying up on that. And I'll go in and probably be like, oh, I absolutely adore this suite and this other things I love about it. But for right now, there's just that mental block that I have again. And with I feel like especially because the minor arcana ones are, are, um, have correspond to the elements. I should have a more natural, like understanding of what each one is like for cups. It was easy because cups is water. And so I understand the correspondences with water. Um, but I don't know for pentacles and for swords and for wands, it hasn't been as natural for me. And for wands in particular, it's just, it won't stay in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> And in the deck I work with, I like the illustrations a lot. I think a lot of the wand illustrations are very cool. It's just, I don't know. I It's not it's not there. So I'm going to study up on it. And then I will do another episode soon because I truly did not think this was going to be an hour of me just talking about like three cards, essentially. Oh, and the full moon and patriarchal religion. <laughs> so, I didn't think it was going to be all that. Um, but we'll pick up in a week, in a couple weeks, when I get some minor arcana stuff, maybe next week, maybe again this week, I don't know. I just really jump on when I feel like I want to say hi. And I, I wanted to just talk about tarot, just like free ramble about tarot. So thank you so much for allowing me to do that. We are exactly at an hour now. I was going to say a minute. Could you imagine? We're exactly at an hour now. So I'm going to hush up. I'm going to let you all go about your day. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope I'm going to put up a thread about it. So please just like throw in any feedback that you have about anything. Um, by feedback, I don't mean criticisms of me because I do not accept this. <laughs> just kidding. But I just mean like feedback about the cards or, you know, just sharing your tarot experience. Feedback's not the right word to use. Um, your experiences, your opinions, how you feel about the cards I talked about. If these are ones that like, you're like, no, the Hierophant is like my favorite in the deck. And this is why, please tell me, I'd love to hear more about that. Or like, I hate the fool. I think the fool is the fool. And I don't know why you like that card so much. Like I got you or, you know, like if you agree with me on the tower or if you are like, no, I hate that card. It's evil. Don't, I don't ever want to touch it. I get that too. So yeah, let, just talk to me about how you feel about tarot. Um, what cards you're vibing with right now, cards that maybe you really love that you don't like that much anymore, how they've changed through the stations that you've gone through in your life and different periods you're in. Yeah, let's just talk tarot. That's what this episode's for. It's me rambling so we can start a discussion about tarot. <laughs> so an hour later, we've come to what the actual point of this episode is. I love you all so, so much. Please stay safe. Um, please, if you are able uh, I understand that there's a lot of people that aren't for different medical reasons or some religious reasons in some aspects, but I have said aspects 18 times in this episode. What is my problem? But please, if you were able to get vaccinated, um, I have seen a lot of people start to frame vaccination as kind of the same way we frame like bipartisanship in America and that it's really just like a personal choice, which it is, but my personal choice is to keep myself and others around me safe and alive. And the choice to not get the vaccine is going to condemn either you or someone around you, even if it's someone in passing to death. And that's the reality of the situation. So this like rah-rah talk about, we all have to just respect each other's choices and rights. And blah, blah, blah. No, like, please get vaccinated, please. I understand that there are people that are worried about side effects. Mine weren't great. 
But I'm alive. I went to New York and I didn't get sick and I'm alive and I was around millions of people. Uh, and I probably have like more severe reactions than most people because my system is two pieces of chewing gum and like a piece of string. Like it's made of nothing. It's not good. So please don't be afraid of the vaccine. It's look at all of us that are vaccinated. Like we're doing fine. The government's already chasing you through your phone. So like, you know, don't, don't worry about that. And like, they have all the information they want about us. Trust me. They're getting it every other way possible. They know too much already. Cause I know too much about everybody on social media and I'm not tracking anyone. You know what I mean? And the side effects are not fun, but they can be life-saving. And at this point it's like, I mean, it's always been a situation of all of us being in this together. And that is what is going to maybe make some headway in this because the fact of the matter is if you are not vaccinated, people that are not vaccinated do not are where the occurrences of variants come from. And now the Delta variant is kicking our asses. And I want all of you to be alive and be safe and go on to have the beautiful lives that are promised to us after we are done with this tower section of reality. So please, if you can get vaccinated, um, I know also it's like people can't take off of work to go get vaccinated or go, you know, have recovery time. Like capitalism is a disease and I understand that. So if there's any way that like we can mutual aid each other somehow, like, I don't know, let me know and we'll kind of figure something out if we can do something with the group. So if you are struggling because of that, maybe it's something that we can all help you with. But yeah, I just, I really want to encourage everyone to get vaccinated I'm so hype I did it. I'm ready for my booster anytime. Like put that injected into my eyeball. I do not care. I do not want COVID. I want to be alive. I want to survive this. And I want to, again, survive this tower point and see the beauty that comes after it. So that's another five minute spiel about vaccinations. Uh, please wear your mask. Please. I'm not even going to say stay home because I feel like if you're vaccinated and wear your mask, like you, you've done the right things. We're, you are, we're doing the right things. And so we can go out to an extent that we need to. But, you know, please try to avoid big gatherings. Please try to avoid, uh, you know, tongue-kissing strangers. <laughs> like, I mean, like, not literally. But, you know, people just, every, we went through this, we're going through this whole pandemic for, like, 17, 18 months now, and people are still, like, standing on top of each other. I was in, y'all, okay, sorry, this episode's supposed to end, so just, like, cut it off if you don't care about this part. But <laughs> I was in New York two weeks ago. For work, it looks like it's the only trip I'm going to be able to make again for like probably another six, seven, eight months with the way things are going. But I'm really grateful that I got out just for that week that I did and got to do a little bit of like normalcy and a little bit of my job. Um, oh, by the way, go on YouTube because I'm putting up vlogs and they're great. But when I was at this place called The Edge in New York, which is this big observation deck, I saw people coughing and sneezing without covering their mouths. In... July of 2021, after what we've all been going through, I saw people openly coughing and sneezing. And then when I was at the airport at JFK, coming back to New Orleans, I was using the bathroom, as we are one to do. And a woman walks out of the bathroom without washing her hands. And I was just like, what? Listen, I know people are gross. That's where all of this is like even coming from, the fact that this got so out of hand because people are disgusting. And when the pandemic started, we literally had to teach adults how to wash their hands, right? We had to make instructional videos. I get it. I have flown all over the world with people that are just like hacking and coughing into the air and space. But to live through a pandemic, to be in a pandemic and still not cover your mouth or wash your hands, we're screwed. So this is why... 
we have to keep taking precautions. So please keep washing your hands. Please use your wipes. Please use your sanitizer. Please wear your mask. Please get the vaccine. Like whatever you can do, it's a really good time to remember that it's not about the individual. It's about the community. And we go back to the Hierophant, like talking about community and finding solace in community. How can you find solace in your community when they're all gone? You know, so let's save everybody. Okay, so that's my rant about the pandemic because I had to rant about it because it's so it's so stressful. Y'all, please, please, please stay safe. I don't want any baddies gone. I want us all to be here because I love you all so much. And we still have so much to talk about with tarot because I guess I'm doing the podcast again. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I'm going to sign off now. We're at hour seven. (laughs) Who knows what this is? But I do love you. Um, Please be safe. And please come back and please listen to, no, you're already listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to my YouTube, which is Chow Mickey, C-A-I-O-M-I-C-K-E-Y, no M-O-U-S-C. And uh, make sure you subscribe because I am doing a giveaway where I'm giving away four pixie palettes, brand new pixie palettes, and a custom uh, mint green pixie backpack to one of my subscribers. So get in on that. Okay, I'm going to say it one more time from the heart. I love you all so much. Blessed be. Goodbye.